I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as God knows me and I know God. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock. One shepherd. Listen again. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as God knows me and I know God. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. I realize that I could read these couple of verses and you could hear them over and over. And we might still not be entirely sure whether these verses are talking about management or compassion. Which is the work of the shepherd? Is it management or is it compassion? I have other sheep, I must bring them also. Certainly sounds like the shepherd is managing the flock, actively gathering the sheep in, taking charge, being the decider about what happens to the sheep. He has a goal, one flock. So he's taking action in that direction. He manages, maneuvers the different sheep. His goal is to be in charge, to get certain things done. On the other hand, the phrase, the declaration that comes right before that, I lay down my life for the sheep, sounds more like compassion, sacrifice, giving over control rather than taking control. I know my own. My own know me. It's relationship. It's presence, right? So the work of the shepherd, is it management or is it compassion? Maybe that question is a good reminder that we too struggle to try to figure out whether our spiritual purpose is to manage and be managed or whether it is to offer and receive compassion. And this is a really, really critical question because it sets into place, it it raises awareness of a really, really important interpretive lens for our spiritual self-understanding and our theological perspective and reveals what are ultimately our religious goals, what are our values in relation to the world. Because if we believe our spiritual purpose is to manage and to be managed, then our work, our work of discipleship, of following and serving Christ, is to build fences, to identify sheep, to pick and choose, to send some sheep down some chutes into some pens, and to send others down other chutes into other pens to evaluate and judge, to invest or withdraw our investment, to decide worth and value, to repair fences that have been broken, to maintain the flock, to eliminate threats. That's the work of the shepherd. If the purpose of the shepherd is to be a manager, that's the spirituality of management. 
And there's nothing wrong with management per se. Things have to be managed. In the church even, things have to be managed. Someone has to take care of attending to the details, keeping things organized, counting what needs to be counted, directing traffic, so to speak. There's nothing wrong with managing. But if we understand management as our spiritual purpose, then the sheep become the product. Or to step out of the metaphor for a moment, people become the product. They can become objects to be moved around. In the shepherding metaphor, a spirituality of management means that the shepherd is most focused on overseeing the flock, controlling it, maximizing it. And that's different from loving the sheep. Instead of using the word manager, Jesus uses the words hired hand in this passage. The hired hand, says Jesus, does not care for the sheep. What that really means is that the hired hand does not care about the sheep. He cares for them so long as there is no risk, no personal cost. But when danger comes, the hired hand is not interested in self-sacrifice. He does not lay down his life. He does not operate from a deep well of compassion. Why would you? If sheep are a commodity, then you treat them as such. You can always get more sheep, right? On the other hand, if our spiritual purpose is not management, but our spiritual purpose is to offer and receive compassion, then our work within this metaphor is to learn to know every sheep, whether in this fold or not. Our work is not about quality control. Our work is to learn names and to listen to voices and to establish connections and to heal the injured and to help the slow to catch up, not by pressing them harder, but by waiting longer. If our spiritual purpose is not management, but compassion, then we are in the middle of the flock, not looking down on it from far away, a high up perch, but in the middle of it, not separated. And when trouble comes, we stay there in the middle of the flock, not because we are looking for trouble, but because we are already in the sheep space. To be in the midst of, to be with, is where we are and where we know we belong. The good shepherd apparently knows the difference between the wolves and the sheep and never ever tries to mix up the two, accusing other sheep of being wolves in sheep's clothing just so he can keep his own flock as the favored special sheep. In fact, the good sheep sees all the sheep as they are everywhere, precious sheep. Valerie Kaur, in her book, See No Stranger, in the first chapter, tells a painful story from her childhood. She writes, I was six years old, playing with a friend during recess. I was pretending to be a baby, walking on my knees, holding the hand of my friend who was pretending to be my mommy. We were rounding the bases of a baseball diamond, which was our house, 
When a boy ran up to us, an older boy we did not know, he came to us urgently like a messenger on a mission. Get up, you black dog, he said. He was glaring at me. I'm sorry, that's not right. I'm playing a baby, not a dog, I wanted to say. But his mouth was tight and his eyes were cruel. He was not waiting for an answer. He was waiting for compliance. I still wanted to correct him, but I'm brown, not black, so you should say brown dog, but this too didn't matter. He was white and I was brown, which made me black, and this disgusted him. Get up, he yelled again. And so I got up. I did not have the language to say no. The bell rang and the boy walked away satisfied. My friend had stopped holding my hand. The game had ended, our connection broken by a slur cast with supreme confidence. You are dark, which means I can tell you what to do. I was not angry at the boy. His words were not personal. He was articulating something that I did not know until then. It was like gathering important information. Oh, I had never seen myself through your eyes before. But my face was burning, and I was ashamed. Cor goes on to talk about how shame became part of her childhood after that. I would say that shame was managed into her life. Compassion was still present for her within her family and her close community, but it was not present to her from the wider world. She learned to be brave, but she also wrestled with the inherent message of the dominant culture. You do not belong. Different sheep, different folds. A half dozen pages later in the book, she tells another separating story. This one, instead of being about race, is about religion. This story was from her experience in junior high school. One day in the eighth grade, my best friend Lisa and I were working on our History Day projects in the library, passing notes to each other, giggling in our own bubble, when Lisa looked up suddenly and said, Valerie, I can't wait until Judgment Day. There was beautiful anticipation in her eyes. Just think, it will only be you and me and all the good people. Where will everyone else go, I asked, everyone who isn't Christian? She looked at me startled. Well, you know, down there. It was too unpleasant to say out loud. That's when I realized that my best friend believed that I was going to hell She just didn't know it yet. I had to be the one to break it to her. Lisa, you know I'm not Christian, right? She went pale. But I thought Sikhism was a sect of Christianity. Um, It's not, I said. The bubble broke, the bell rang, and we left each other without another word. We didn't talk about it again until a few months later. We were sitting with our friends at lunch and talking about the honors bio lecture on evolution when somehow the conversation turned into an argument about what happens after we die. At some point, I realized what this group of my friends, who were all Christians, were trying to tell me. 
So all of you believe that I'm going to hell, I asked. They shifted in their seats and looked down at the cement. Only Lisa looked me in the eye. Lisa, who loved me and pitied me and wanted to save me, there were tears in her eyes and mine too. Our friendship ended after that. We still exchanged many letters trying to persuade each other. She stressed that I needed to accept Christ to be saved, and I replied that I didn't need Jesus to be good, but our attempts always failed. As long as Lisa believed I was going to hell, she could not love me as before. Wonder is an admission that you don't know everything about another. Lisa had stopped wondering about me. She had decided that she knew my fate and had no more to learn. A little coda to that story. Valerie Kaur, at different moments in the book, talks about the prayer that her grandfather taught her, especially for times when she was faced with rejection, judgment, prejudice, or pain. Tati vau na lagi pabram sarnai. The hot winds cannot touch you. You are shielded by love. Shielded the way a shepherd shields the sheep he loves. I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I lay down my life. Shielded by love. One of the things that we could do better these days is seeing all others as sheep that are part of the flock whether in our particular fold or not. That is, paying attention to not only our own identity, our own struggles, our own concerns, but recognizing that we share a common identity, but at the same time, recognizing the particular struggles of others and validating their concern through our attention. If we look at others who seem different from us, and if we focus on that difference as a threat, as a reason for division, as evidence of unworthiness, as cause for separation, then we will quite surely huddle in our own sheepfold. We will try to warm ourselves with the wool of those closest to us and only those closest to us. We will seek to manage our own space, our own needs, our own flock, rather than with gentle humility spread our compassion and our acceptance and our inclusion outward. And the scripture makes it clear that the good shepherd does not just huddle in, but ventures out. The good shepherd has other sheep more than us. More sheep and more sheep and more sheep. And the good shepherd opens the gate 
and goes out. Out looking for others, calling their names, inviting, including. But that going out is not going out with an agenda to manage, to judge. He's not stealing sheep. He's not imagining that other sheep are bad sheep and he will change them into good sheep just by moving them to a new fold. He's not working for a bigger flock for the purpose of winning, of proving himself the best or only or a most righteous shepherd. He's simply extending his arms of care and protection and healing without bias, without limit, without need to conquer or coerce. Because all the sheep are already sheep. God's children are God's children. Not divided between the familiar and the foreign, between the favored and the unworthy, between the ones in the fold and the ones in another fold, but all with the identity of the beloved, all of them. Again, let's step out of the metaphor for a moment and think about whether our spiritual effort, our spiritual reach is an effort to manage others or extend compassion to others. Is the wish for one flock, the wish for others to be like us, validating therefore our identity, our values, our uniqueness, or our self-proclaimed righteousness? Or is the wish for one flock The wish for the kind of joining together, the kind of understanding and accepting and reconciling that contributes to the healing of the world. A desire for and a commitment to peace within and among us. A wish for a a sisterhood and a brotherhood of love and restoration. And remember... The shoe can just as easily be on the other foot. To someone else, we are the other. And from their perspective, our fold isn't the first fold or the right fold or the best fold. And so we need to consider the possibility that maybe the larger the flock, the more hope there could be that we are accepted in even as we accept others. And we need to consider that the larger the flock, the greater the possibility that we might hear the wisdom, the truth, the healing that comes from others' mouths. Humbling to consider, but maybe, just maybe, we aren't it. Maybe we are existing in just one small corner of the pasture, tucked away in our familiar fold, that we are just one small segment of the flock holding one piece of the story. The good news? Our good shepherd has a a wide reach, yes? A clear and familiar voice, yes? A willingness to include and to sacrifice for the sake of an ever-expanding flock, yes? Our good shepherd protects us 
with love, draws us in with love, expands the flock with love, heals the wounded with love, and maybe invites us to be such shepherds too. Not managers, but compassion bringers. Valerie Kaur, whose Sikhism feels more Christian to me than the Christianity of some Christians, offers this practice. As I move through my day and come across faces on the street or subway or on a screen, I say in my mind, sister, brother, sibling, aunt, uncle, I start to wonder about each of them as a person. When I do this, I am retraining my mind to see more and more kinds of people as part of us rather than them. I practice this with animals and parts of the earth, too. I say in my mind, you are a part of me I do not yet know. I practice orienting to the world with wonder, preparing myself for the possibility of connection. You are a part of me I do not yet know. I practice orienting to the world with wonder, preparing myself for the possibility of connection. The flock is always bigger than we can imagine. The family is always bigger than we expect. Just ask the Good Shepherd. Amen.